Welcome to the Man Enough Podcast. I am Justin Baldoni. I am Liz Plank. I'm Jamie Heath. And uh, if you are just tuning in and have never heard Man Enough before, Man Enough is a conversation about what it means to be a man today and undefining all of the stereotypical traditional ideas of masculinity to make room for anybody who identifies as a man to be allowed to be a man. Mm. And uh, as Liz Plank wrote in her beautiful book, For the Love of Men, our liberations are tied together. We want to create a world where there is more unity and equality. And that starts with uncomfortable conversations where we go deep and we learn in real time and we challenge ourselves to grow to not just be the best men that we can possibly be, but to be the best humans that we can possibly be. Mm. So thank you for uh, listening and joining us. And uh, we have an awesome guest on the show today. We do. Who is it? Russell Dickerson. Country music, multi-platinum selling phenomenon. Uh, I'm excited about this one. He's a really sweet guy. And I personally love country music. There's a song for every breakup. (laughs) There's music to ease and soothe your soul when you're going through something. And I think that the storytelling in country music is really interesting. And I'm curious um, if maybe some of these conversations can be uh, put into music. Yeah. And I know... Liz, you don't know a lot about country music. I don't. I'm Canadian. Mm. We don't um, have it there. You don't have country no, music? No, that's, that's a lie. Tw- we do have Shania it. Twain. We do. We have a lot of it. Uh, it's just not in the French-Canadian part as uh, much. Oh, I see. As much. Yeah. I'd love to hear a French-Canadian Canadian country, country song. song. Right. I wonder what that, that would, wonder what that would be like. There's probably a million, and I've just insulted like a whole, my whole generation. <laughs> that's right. That's all right. <laughs> but we do have him on today's episode, so let's get to know him. So uh, we'll be right back with Russell Dickerson. This is Man Enough. Hello and welcome back to the Man Enough Podcast. I'm Justin Baldoni here with Liz Plank and Jamie Heath. I feel like you were going to sing. You were going to sing. And I stopped. Yeah, I get. I I didn't commit. Is that because uh, of who we commit. have on with us? I think today? it might yes. be because I'm we have. How would we sing? Can you sing your name, Russell? Should you like low? Like yeah, yeah. Russell Dickerson. <laughs> wow. I, I want to hear a song. Jamie, right. Jamie, what's your version of that? Go ahead. Oh, I don't sing no more. What are you talking about? You don't sing no more. I don't sing no more. Jamie, you have a Grammy. Sing no yeah. more. I, I, I do. What? Sing. Hold on. Sing. Go ahead. Sing, no, sing man, that's name, not please. how this works, man. We got Russell here. We want him to sing. He just did. Scooby doo ba 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 I like wow. that. Wow, love, look love at it. this guy. Who do, why don't we introduce on. who he is? Um, Liz Plank. Yes. So we are joined by Russell Dickerson, the multi-platinum singer, songwriter, and country music superstar, a devoted family man with his wife and muse, Kaylee. He has spent the last decade establishing his place in the country music scene. He has a lot to sing and talk about, and I can't wait. I really can't wait to see what's in store Mm. for this conversation, because he's been funny so far. So far. Cracking jokes. He's already laughing. What do you... He can't even... (laughs) He's got all the questions. No, that was good. It's like you're reading the notes and it's like, and I can't wait. Oh, this is where I actually taught. I (laughs) really can't wait. I really can't wait. We're we're having a conversation about masculinity, deconstructing all the myths of -hmm. masculinity, the things that we've been taught since we were boys of what it means to be a man in this world and undefining those things to make room for anybody who identifies as a man to be a man so that we can set ourselves free. And as Liz Plank writes about in her book, For the Love of Men, because our liberations are tied together. The equality of women and men depend on us men freeing themselves. And I believe that starts with being enough. So my question for you, sir, 
is when was the last time that you, you very handsome, beautiful country singer, you felt like you weren't enough? Dang, man. I mean, that that's a struggle that that I still deal with, I feel like, daily. I mean, I... I in the profession that I'm in, but it's not, it's not just limited to music or artistry or, you know, country music singers, but, you know, I compare myself so much. Like that's one of my biggest struggles mm. for as hard as I've worked and as hard as I have grinded and done the right things. I'm, you know, I'm a one woman man that, you know, married for eight years, raising babies. And then to see people just all around me, just like, just skyrocketing past me and i'm like what the heck? like i'm you know i'm living a good life i'm doing my thing uh i mean that's just one one mm. moment that i that i struggle with a lot is is comparison so some of your not enoughness stems from success and comparison and success mm -hmm. i love that i'm wondering if we can talk about country music for a moment uh because <laughs> i so music is incredibly impactful, right? And country music particularly. I mean, yeah. I was looking up all this data. Like country is the most consumed form of radio media in the United States. That's mm -hmm. really, really wild. So you're reaching so many different people. What does country music let us know about rural masculinity? I think that when we talk about masculinity as a whole, uh, we tend to forget <laughs> uh, the, mm -hmm. the the rural parts of, of, of particularly America and what masculinity means there and how different that definition is. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm curious what, what it means to you and your music. Is that something that you think about at all? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, for me, I'm just, I'm here to tell my story and tell, yeah. you know, my first single was about uh, my, I mean, pretty much all my singles have been about, like you said, my muse, my wife, mm -hmm. uh, and how, how my first single was, uh, you make me better than I was before. Thank God I'm yours. And for me, the masculinity is laying down my life for my wife out of love, you know, for her to have the absolute best life possible, you know, for me to be there for her emotionally, physically, financially, to take care of her is my, that is my main goal. I mean, that's not the, the entirety of the definition yeah. of masculinity, but for me, uh, that's, that's a huge part of it. Mm. What's one thing that you struggle with in terms of masculinity, one thing that you think you could be better at? Uh, I think, I think emotional vulnerability for me is, you know, I have a hard time letting people in. I'm always the, I'm always the fun guy. I don't know if y'all know, like do the Enneagram thing. Y'all yeah. heard of that? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like a straight down the middle seven life of the party, mm. never met a stranger friends with everybody. Mm. Um, but that can also come with kind of a facade, you know, of, of yeah. keeping that, that personality, you know, as a, a burden sometimes, you know, like, oh, well, I'm the, I'm always the, the hype energetic guy. So I always got to be happy. I always got to be on. And, mm. uh, you know, sometimes I, I feel like emotional vulnerability is one of my weaknesses, mm. letting people in, being real, talking about hard. I don't, I don't like pain. You know, I don't like talking about hard stuff. Don't like, mm. you know, that kind of vibe a lot. And so I think letting people in and talking about what sucks in life right now, what, you know, what is not fun? What is burdening me? You know, mm. I have a, I have a, a hard time in a very 
limited amount of people, a very small number of people that I ever tell about that stuff. Mm. Now we're talking, Russell. Does it, does it, um, um, how does that look in your marriage? Do you find that you posture a little bit? Obviously you have a wonderful marriage. You've been married eight years, you have kids, but you know, we all still have our stuff that we carry with us Mm -hmm. in our deep relationships as well. Do you find that it, that it carries into that? Yeah, sometimes, but it's always redeemed by a, just one of those fantastic evenings, you know, where we're just sitting there, the two of us and end up just, just going deep, you know, it's like, wow, like, and it's not like my wife expects me every second of every conversation to be this deep well of that. Mm -hmm. But it's like every, every once and again, like when it's, when it's overdue, it's just like the perfect timing of this deep conversation and diving into her dreams. Cause a lot of, a lot of times we talk about me and the, you know, cause sorry, I'm getting so distracted here, but she, uh, has been such a huge part of my career. Like she shot the first music video for my first single. She would like design my merch. She would travel. She would shoot the video. So, she's like, a creative director, right? She's literally the creative mm. director of my career mm. and just overall. And so we dig into what I'm struggling with, what she's struggling with, what's hard. Um, even just, even in, we love talking Enneagram. She loves it. And like breaking down how I reacted to a situation and how I can make it better because, you know, my sevenness of just like avoiding blah, blah, blah. But so what is that masking? This, you know, sort of happy guy, fun, because I do that too. Like I so relate to that, like joke, 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 but that's a way to protect myself. What are you, what mm-hmm. do you think that you're protecting yourself from? Um, Probably rejection of just not my, my feelings not mattering or, also, also, I just don't want to burden people with my junk, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the less people that I can burden with my junk. Uh, that sounds weird. Sorry. <laughs> we can edit that out. <laughs> we are so keeping it. Okey-dokey. We are so keeping it. I love how deep this is, though. This is this is great for me. Mm. I, like I said, there's a small number of people that I open up to and and share my burdens with and so i just think part of it is keeping that number as small as possible that not you know not just blah like this is my junk this is my what i'm dealing with like Mm. i think i don't know it's just like part of me wants to keep that as minimal as possible Mm. Mm. yeah it's just yeah you, you you said the word burden like so many times and i i just can't help but think about again, coming back to the cowboy up mentality, right, in in certain parts of America, you know, I went to Montana to um, report on the, the the really high levels of suicide rates for, for, for men. And so Wyoming, Montana, right, these places have the highest rates of suicide and 80% of people who do commit suicide um, are men. And Whoa. the relationship between feeling like a burden <laughs> And rates of suicide are is there there is really a link there that's yeah. really important to talk about. And I wonder, yeah, if if you've thought about that, that why do you think that your feelings um are not valid, but that they're that they're a burden? And and how can men sort of overcome that? I mean, I think the first thing to realize is that we all have it. Like it's we all, every single one of us, every one of us listening, we all have our own 
you know, burdens and we all have our own struggles. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm a believer and I, and you know, the Bible is a huge part of my life and a huge part of, you know, my marriage and everything, what I base a lot of my life on. And, and it's like, it says like, share your burdens, like mm. with one another, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not, it's not meant to be just you by yourself. And I think there's so much isolation through what was meant to bring the world together through social media. There's so much isolation Mm -hmm. that comes from that because you feel this false sense of community. You feel this false sense of connection, but there's not, there's not that, you know? And so there's, I feel, I feel like it's sort of backfired in a way of this, of this false sense of mm, connection. You are listening to the Man Enough Podcast. We will be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Man Enough Podcast. You know, when I hear you talk, man, I, I see a lot of my my journey and yours, the work and the time and the effort and how long it's taken you to get where you are and your wife being such a huge part of it and you being a strong person of faith. Um, I have all of those same things. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was uh, raised in the Baha'i faith as Jamie was. And at the end of the day, we believe we are here to love and to be of service and to know and love God. But what's so interesting is you said in the Bible, right, that we must share our burdens, right? We know that like a, a, um, a pain shared is a pain halved, right? Kevin Hines talks about this. Kevin Hines was one of, uh, I think, eight people to survive jumping off of the Golden Gate Bridge. And here we are living in a time when we have so many amazing, beautiful men that are Christians, that are Muslims, that are Baha'is, that are all of these things, and yet we're not following the scripture. We're not following the teachings of our own faith that tell us the secret and the keys to happiness. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're stuck in these myths of masculinity, right? And one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on especially as a country musician. By the way, I love country music. Grew up in a small town in Southern Oregon in the country. Yeah, I was a radio DJ, and I was a DJ on the weekends at a country station, actually. Cat country. Uh, Cat country. Cat country is what we called it. Would make music videos about, you know, from Colin Ray songs, who was my favorite artist. And one of the things I loved about country music was that there were men, like me, sharing about pain Mm. but what i find interesting is it was never sharing about um it was never like truly vulnerable pain it was always like pain that was uh about a breakup or about Mm. love like i love you know yes you love your wife or you love your girlfriend or you love that girl or or but it was or pain about the you know the loss of something but it wasn't it wasn't like the true vulnerable stuff Mm. that i think uh, we have such an, a ripe opportunity for, especially in country mm-hmm. music, you especially, right? Like, what are the mm-hmm. things that we never talk about? You know, you don't want to share your burden, but what if you wrote about it? Like, what mm-hmm. are the things, like grief is an example. You know, the grief of losing somebody and what that's like, the grief of, of, of the pressures of success and not feeling enough. Like, these are the things that I'm like, wow, what would that be like if somebody like you with a huge platform in country music were able to share those things in song because when i see my good friends who come from you know places like you who come from the midwest who come from uh, the south 
They're some of the best people that I know. However, they're also trapped. A lot of these men are trapped and they can't share their stuff with anybody because they know their mm-hmm. boys, the good old boys, are going to make fun of them or call them names or be like, oh, come on, man up. you know. And yet here we are. We're sensitive, emotional, kind, loving men who love the shit out of our spouses. And yet we're trapped in the greatest myth of masculinity, which is that we got to do it alone. Mm-hmm. That we can't reach out and ask for help, but yet we're told that we got to be there for everybody else. We got to provide. We got to protect. Like you said, you got to pr- be there for your wife. I got to be there for my friends. I got to be this. But who's going to be there for us? We can't put mm-hmm. that burden on our wives, right? On no. Kaylee, you can't, you can't, she can't be your therapist. So I'm just curious. Like when I say all these things, what comes up for you? Who do you talk to about your stuff? Can you talk? Can you talk to your boys about your stuff? Do you go to therapy? Do you believe in therapy? I'm asking you a ton of questions, but like, mm-hmm. like as I say all these things, what comes up for you? Yeah, no, one, absolutely. I believe in therapy. I think, I think previous generations have shied away from it because it's embarrassing to need therapy and to admit that you're at a point where you need therapy. I think it's great. I think, you know, I think there's a lot of great therapists, especially here in Nashville too. There's, you know, there's this thing called Porter's call here in Nashville and uh, it's a free counseling all you know, donation based, Mm. uh, counseling for artists, like Mm. specifically for touring artists. And so that's been a huge asset to us. Uh, We, when we were in quarantine, you know, we, we hopped on zoom with our counselor and did marriage, marriage counseling right there. Mm. And, uh, absolutely believe in counseling. I do believe in over counseling too. Mm. I do believe that there is a, there is like a, you know, it can give, that's a whole different No, no, no. But, but, I, I agree with you. There's a, there's an over-dependence. Mm-hmm, is that yeah, what you're kind of absolutely. referring to is this yes, idea that like, yes. but I think that's just a symptom of bad counselors because I think Very good possible. therapists do not want you to rely on them to make decisions. Absolutely. Good therapist is about building a foundation. Like that's good therapy. Mm-hmm. Bad therapy mm-hmm. is about the exchange, the transactional exchange where mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, just call me before you make a decision. That's fine. <laughs> Yeah. Like, just recreating you know, the codependency exactly. that's the problem <laughs> so you believe in yeah. therapy which i love i can't wait yes. for your next album and i would love to hear the the, the song about therapy that would be awesome <laughs> <laughs> men in therapy it could be funny because you're a funny dude i can i can just whip a song up real quick right now <laughs> do it do it grab do the it. guitar and, and then we'll all be right co-writer right <laughs> you are listening to the man enough podcast we will be right back all right welcome back to the man enough podcast Another question you said, uh, who do you, who do you talk to? And I mean, I, I think it's great that you're calling this stuff out, man, because I'm just unpacking everything that you just said, because (laughs) like, I do think country music and the good old boy mentality is, is real. You know, it's like, it's, and, and I was raised in this, I was born and raised in around good old boys. And, but it's not, it's not even just good old boys. Like, I feel like there's there's that mentality everywhere with yeah it's just men and boys doesn't matter where you're from yeah yeah you know i always feel like i've been the more like emotionally aware you know like i'm like hey dude like i don't know not not that i'm like pouring out my heart to my (laughs) my redneck boys all the time but i do think that that's like a a stigma is like yeah you can't talk about emotional stuff you're saying yeah like you said man up like whatever just get over it And, uh, but I do luckily, thankfully have a great group of guys around myself and, you know, we all have each other. We all went to college together and Mm. have, have, I mean, we're basically family and, and 
you know, there's a couple guys specifically I'm very, very close with. I talk to every day just about, and, you know, we share struggles, you know, he, Good. my buddy would be like, Hey man, I like, what did you do when your marriage maybe got to this point? We get to talk about like, Hey dude, like I've been down lately. Like I've, that's awesome. I'm not, I'm not that guy right now. Like I can't, I don't have the capacity to be everybody's hype man mm -hmm. right now. And you know, we, so it's, it's awesome to have such a great friend like that, especially with a similar personality to just open up emotionally and, and have, just, have you ever cried in front of a guy, guy friend? Mm, probably. If you got to think about think it that of, long. You got to think about I it that long. I cry a lot, dude. I cry oh, yeah? a lot. I love like, that. Oh man. Especially like in church like i just it mm, worship moves me yeah man like yeah yeah it just pours out <laughs> of like cry like a baby i don't know about like a conversation of where i've like pouring my heart out and cried mm. i'm yeah. down though yeah you seem like you are that's what that's one of the things i really i love about you getting to know you and see you is like just how you're in it you're in it you mm -hmm. want to it's like you want to rip the stuff off and rip mm -hmm. off the band-aid yeah. and Mm -hmm. and become the best I, version of yourself. I can see that in you. I deal with the pain as quick as possible and so that the pain that's happening right now is over as quick as possible. Instead mm -hmm. of just avoiding it, it's dealing with it as yeah. quick as possible and as efficiently as possible and then moving on. Yes, yeah, the key. And right I think there. that's what has has helped my marriage so much is to I mean, it takes a lot of I mean, we're talking masculinity here. It takes yeah. a lot of not your mat, like not your rage and your yeah. I'm right and I'm uh, uh. it takes a lot of humility and it takes a lot of laying down your pride yeah. after a fight, whoever's right, whoever's wrong, it doesn't matter. It takes a lot to lay down that pride and to walk up to my wife who is, you know, she's already turned on jane the virgin to watch it you know <laughs> she loves that show oh. and and you know she's just like chilling watching and it takes a lot for me to you'd be like hey i'm sorry to say i'm sorry <laughs> you know and to to move on as quick as possible and to you know mm -hmm. what i mean to just do away with that well let's talk about marriage for a second we had my wife on the show my wife emily came on the show and we also had one of our best friends, Jamie and I's best friends, Andy Grammer, who's also a musician. Andy Grammer? Yeah. Yes. Good dude. You guys should definitely do a song together. I can see that. I'd love to. He is up. fantastic. But one of the things I, I heard you say earlier is just how um, your wife is your muse, but just how she's been so involved in the success of, of everything. And one of the things I've had to learn in marriage, um, because as a man naturally I can just take up space and because I'm taught that we're taught that as men from a very early age to just mm -hmm. take up space the world is ours right it's a it's part of the patriarchy and women are taught to just make sure that you create space for men and one of the things I learned in my marriage because my wife is my muse as well and so many of the conversations were about me um, is that for a long time I was taking up space and not realizing that um, that our entire universe was revolving around me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it wasn't until 
I sat down and had a, a real come to Jesus, if you will, like realized like, oh my God, I have been unknowingly taking up and sucking all of the air out of this marriage. She, cause I would, our conversations were pre- predominantly about me. I would ask her advice and opinions. I couldn't do anything. I, I, cause I trust her so much as I know you trust your wife. Her intuition is so spot on. And if I'm ever in my shit or if I'm doubting something, it's, it's her, but I wasn't early then I'm talking early on in our marriage. I wasn't creating the space for her to thrive over. How was I supporting her dreams and ambitions? You know, mm-hmm. the, the unpaid labor of being a mother. Um, and all the work that goes into that, that makes it possible for me to go out in the world and be Justin. Um, what was Emily? And, and I had to really switch that around. And I'm wondering if you've had any of those kind of moments in your marriage. Cause I, you know, I, I just think it would be really awesome to hear from someone like you who has so many fans, especially in the country music world. And especially in a world where so many marriages revolve around what the man is doing and the man working and things like that. That's great to hear because like when I started, every record label in Nashville said no. This is just a little backstory. Literally, we were forced. I was like, well, screw it. I'm going to start my own record label. Like I don't, I've got nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. And my wife was so supportive of that. And, you know, she was... She, she did photo video she shot the album cover she shot the music video for yours she edited she designed the merch she would drive the van on the road she would set up the merchandise that she designed at the show and then she would literally leave the merch while i was playing to take video of the show like and make it look like there was hundreds of people there but actually there was like eight (laughs) and so you know what i mean like she literally like was gung-ho this is going to happen. And she's so, when you meet my wife, you instantly know, you realize like she is the deepest well. She is, her vision is so much bigger and wider than mine is. And she, she thinks decades ahead while I'm like, I can't even think 10 minutes ahead. You know, I'm, I'm right here right now. And she's just so, uh, just her, her span, her view is so huge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that, that is where she, you know, comes from. And so her seeing my career and my potential and my growth, like she was like, okay, I know that I have to hunker down. I have to, you know, I have to do everything I can to help Russell Dickerson succeed so that we get to the point of where it's this well old machine. And then I can go and pursue Mm. Kaylee Dickerson, you know? And so her knowing that and her having already figured that out years before I even realized that, that she was already (laughs) thinking that, you know what I'm saying? You were in her master plan basically. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. This is all her master plan. And so, um, it got to the point to where, you know, now we have, I mean, I, I have, 15 plus people on salary on the road production tour manager and we have our own bus just me my wife and baby and so it's now to the point to where it's like all right it's time for kaylee and i love i love like i could cry just talking about it. i might cry in front of a man today i might cry two, two men talking about my no. life and so just to because she's been she has been so dedicated and so passionate about what I've been doing for the last decade mm. that I can't wait to reverse those roles and be her biggest cheerleader. Like I want to set up her merch 
Mm. You know, I want to, I want to be her hype man. I want to introduce her and she's written a book and she's as well starting a podcast and uh, she just signed with a network and this whole deal is coming together. And like, I could not be more ecstatic to, to now be her cheerleader. I started her nickname counselor Kaylee because she is, I'm like I said, I'm the high, if we're all hanging out, group of group of people, party, whatever, I'm, you know, I'm the loud one. I'm the obnoxious, just over the top, probably doing a backflip off the counter and shotgun in a beer. I, you know what I mean? Like that'll be me. And, and she, she's literally no matter if perfect stranger industry party, it could be freaking you name it's wife and they're over in a corner and the person's crying because Kaylee knows exactly what questions to ask to get people to just open up open wide up man yeah. and it just and if that's she loves that she loves just just going deep with people she hates small talk and i can small talk all day but mm. she she hates small talk she's straight to the heart she she prepared you for this podcast then clearly <laughs> honestly honestly without without her and her her wisdom and and just constantly digging and pushing me to open up more um, I would be a very different man. Hey, Liz, tell, tell me what you feel when you hear <laughs> him say all that. Uh, I feel really happy that you're giving your wife so much credit, right? That like, because in our, all of the research and all the reading we were doing about you, it, it really does seem like she ran and, and was almost like your tour manager <laughs> in many ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure she always gets that credit in the way that even, you know, Emily, when Emily came on the podcast, you know, yeah. that women are often told like, oh, like you're helping him so much. But sometimes it's like I'm doing more than just sort of helping. Right. I'm managing. Um, yeah. And I'm and I'm curious, you know, just speaking of women who don't often get a lot of credit, you know, the 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 genre, the the the, the country music genre is has a lot of gatekeepers. I think it's probably the most, uh, you know, of 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 all music genres that that really, for, for example, radio plays have a huge impact on whether a country artist makes it. And in your case, right, you can get to where you needed to be because there were all these gatekeepers. But for women, it's even worse. So there's, you know, all this research showing that even the number of female artists, country female artists who get airplay has gone down, that it mm -hmm. used to be like a third. Um, and mm -hmm. now it's 11% of, of airtime goes to female country artists. So I'm just curious, like, how do you ensure that you're also giving credit to those artists or how do you make sure as a as a man now that has you know worked very hard to establish himself um mm -hmm. is 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 sort of amplifying the women within the genre as well absolutely you know and i and i'm i'm all for that you know we did a i did a co-headlining tour with carly pierce mm. we joined forces and just crushed it and it was so cool that i got to do this tour with such a strong female in the genre and and she's bullish too like she's not slowing down like she's focused she's going and uh that's just you know it was an honor to to partner with her and uh to do that tour and and i i will continue to to do that and show support in every way that i can for for females in this industry and it's like you know i think it's there's that there's the stats of of women now and i think it is a very bro country beer drink it all i mean yeah. that's the genre and there was a time where females were dominating like 
there was Shania and Trisha yeah. and the chicks and like the early mid nineties was just like crushing like well, it's good for music crushing. in general yeah. the 90s yeah oh yeah. man but what do you think Legendary. happened like why is it getting worse right like why is the um, as as we're progressing as a society in country music women have a smaller place yeah i don't i'm not sure i think i mean just just catering to the genre and this is it's just like my wife said it she was like men and, you, and you've already said this men in country music talk about heartbreak but it is kind of in an avoiding way it's like well i'm just gonna drink whiskey now yeah. and everybody eats that up they're like well mm -hmm. shit, that's what i that's what i do mm -hmm. it's well it's reinforcing the behavior as well yeah right and it's limiting for men and women yeah and with women they're like hey this is my heartbreak like this is what i'm feeling this is what i'm going through and i feel like that just it doesn't connect as well just due to the environment of the genre yeah mm. well the dixie chicks didn't mm. talk about slashing tires after heartbreaks <laughs> which oh. I... also works like yeah. goodbye earl like goodbye yeah. earl one of the biggest right? like it's just it's i think it's just how it's presented is like you know this man was an abusive man in this marriage and, and well i mean they killed him but <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to the man enough podcast we will be right back all right, welcome back to the Man Enough podcast. As I'm listening to you, I'm impressed with how you spoke of your wife is really, uh, I feel um, oftentimes we, we don't do it. You know, people mm -hmm. just um, forget to really give the full credit where it's mm -hmm. due. And, and most often, at least for me, it's my wife. Um, and to hear you say that out loud so that other men hear that and not be ashamed to put someone else in front of them is really sweet. Um, I also have this thought. So you're super successful. Um, you obviously didn't always have the success as you expressed at one point. I think you had mentioned that you, that you were broke and trying to figure it all out. Um, oh, yeah. So thank God that you've been able to find yourself in this. Um, but also with this comes like a huge responsibility, right? Um, because I read something that you um, have a s sweet relationship with your grandmother. She passed when your son was born. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, same day. Same day. Um, my grandmother had shared something with me. So my whole life has been raised in the music industry, and it was clear that was going to be my path. When I was 13, my grandmother takes me, I remember this day, holds my face and says, my love, you will be super successful. You have an opportunity to make a lot of money, to move a lot of hearts. You're charismatic. You have all this stuff. People are going to love you, and that's great. But if you forget the reason why God gave you this gift, he can just take it away. If you don't use it to serve humanity, to serve others more than yourself, he'll take it away. Mm -hmm. So if you want a big house, you can have a big house. Just make sure you host youth gatherings there. If you want a yeah. wonderful Rolls Royce, you can have it. Just make sure you drive people around in it. If you want mm -hmm. this great studio, you can have it. Just make sure you serve and record people who can't afford to do otherwise. Make sure you remember that this stuff belongs to God and not you. Um, and so long as you do that, then God can use you and champion you because you're thinking about humanity. So I forgot that for a minute. Right. Um, got mm -hmm. to a certain age, forgot about this. And um, like she told me when I was young, all that stuff was taken because you get all about yourself. Um, and in that responsibility came specific things like educating my children about not just being good people, but proactively um, standing up and making statements that elevate people that otherwise wouldn't be. 
right? So mm-hmm. in this case, we're talking about masculinity. And oftentimes the, 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 the bad end of that is that women are suppressed and that their voices in country music and hip hop music, their voices in companies as CEOs of the world, um, of leading the charge of in politics and so much are oftentimes suppressed because we're idiots mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, so the only way we do that is to be proactive about it, right? Not just be a good guy, um, is to learn, is to read about it, to tell my child, listen, I need you to understand how your actions affect women. What's in your heart's not enough. So when you have a voice like yours and a platform like you do, saying those things out loud is really important. Coming on talk shows like this, talk, are we a talk show? Sure. Sure. <laughs> like a podcast like this, um, you know, gives that voice of yours more value because you're mm-hmm. speaking of things like this. So I hope in your life, and I'm sure you are, so forgive me if you're not doing it, but that you continue and with your children, that you remind them that, as I say to my son, the most important thing you can do is, um, is get out of the way of women, stand for women, make sure you work on yourself so that the world can fly more balanced and not be unbalanced mm-hmm. as it is now. Um, and also, you know, we won't get into the whole thing about race relations, but anyone's that, anyone that is less privileged than those that are um, to really use their platform. So I appreciate that you're coming yeah. on this and talking about these things because we really want to be different men. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, uh, this crap keeps going. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you doing about, you know, talking I about love this. it, man. I, this is this. I'm honored to be here. I, I want to ask. I want to ask one more question just about marriage. We've talked about all the awesome things. Tell me something you struggle with. Yes, sir. Because your marriage sounds amazing and it is. And what I think is important for audience members to know is that you can have an amazing marriage and still have shit you're working on and struggling oh, with. Oh yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's the that's the misconception about therapy is like, "Oh my god, I'm broken if I go to therapy." Fuck yeah, we're right. all broken. All yeah. of us, every single person here. Um and that's the beauty. That's why God loves us because we're broken. Mm-hmm. Um yes. so so that's when that's so, when we have the most growth. Is exactly when we're, in that when we're you know, Yeah, probably my biggest thing would be like impatience of just quick snap it's like you know what i mean like a quit like and that and that really hurts her you know to to with how patient she is with me and how patient she is with everything in life and then one little thing for me just doesn't go right or she says whatever and and then i just like snap you know what i mean like that uh that's definitely the thing that i probably had to work the hardest on have you looked at why you do that um, not in, not in a deep, cause it's, not, what's, what's not interesting is just cause I go to therapy so much. One of the things that's what you said earlier was how you don't want to share that burden and how you hold so much of that for so long. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned in my life is when I'm the snappiest is when I have the most unexpressed feelings, mm. when I'm not sharing yeah. my like burden and my shit that I'm struggling with and my things that make me angry or my sadness Mm -hmm. that's when i'm short yeah i think i think one for me could be like embarrassment in front of other people uh in any sort of i mean they're in any way you know it's like and she never would do it intentionally and i'm just like oh she might get a little too real in front of someone else or (laughs) maybe yeah yeah like like for example we were in disney world we're on the the uh the monorail Mm. and i just like i was like oh this thing here goes to that too and and she's like yeah no shit like she (laughs) she said something like she didn't say no shit but she was like like what duh like of course and i was like it was like in front of a group of people and i was just like 
Like it just like <laughs> set me off. And then, so that's just I like, that's an example of, I mm. think, embarrassment in mm. front of other people. And yeah. Thank you for sharing that, man. It's not easy yeah. to share this stuff. Mm. No, right. no. And it's all about being open, which is what you started talking about, you know, that, that maybe being funny and being, you know, all, all of those sort of coping mechanisms are a way to protect you from the fear of embarrassment, you know, and, yeah. and dealing with that. Like, what am I embarrassed about? And why do I, you know, mm-hmm. what is that covering up? I think is, could be a good thing to think about. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Should we do rapid fire? Should we go into it? Oh, I love rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to this week's Man Enough podcast, Rapid Fire Questions. All right, when was the last time that you apologized to someone? Probably two days ago. Mm-hmm. Probably to my wife mm-hmm. for something <laughs> stupid I did. Yeah. What's something that you regret doing in the last month? Mm. Nothing like he's regretting of. saying he loved rapid fire questions. <laughs> <laughs> something something you could have done better. In the last month, being a better father, you know, with diapers and wipes and nap times and all this stuff, I kind of brought on, the, especially on the road, because I'm like, I'm here to work. And she and I'm like, you're here to take care of the baby. But I definitely think that I could uh, I could I could step that up a little bit mm. for sure. I like that. Admitting that, that's good. What's the hardest thing about being a father? I think being in the moment you're frustrated or you're, you know, you're just like, gosh, just please go to sleep. Like go down for your nap or please just like finish this or do that. And then like, for me, I, I, he's almost a year now, our first son. And and so thank you. And it's like, it's like, he's a year. And I'm like, where it's not like, where's the time gone? But it's like, I'm realizing like, I, it's like that movie, uh, click where it's like, just fast forward through like the fast forward through the bath time. Like, just Mm. let's hurry up, get him down. And, and I've, I've realized it's, it's hard for me to stop and, you know, in the moment of him crying or him is in the, in the moment of being everywhere all over the house is like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like this is fantastic. It's okay that he's screaming and running around and splashing water everywhere and soaking me and peeing and you know like what mm. it's just like it's okay and it's freaking awesome mm. can we try something liz just real quick i don't know if we've ever done this because rapid fire questions um let's try rapid fire answers too real quick just do like six keep going like just boom 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 come up with one me sure <laughs> text or call voice text Ooh, love a third option voice memo hardest thing about being a husband Mm, laying down everything I want to do and putting her above that. One thing you wish you could change about country music? Mm, more love songs. Mm. Uh, that's just my vibe. <laughs> uh, what's the most important thing that you've learned from your wife? How to communicate, not just with her, but with mm. other human beings to communicate uh on a on a deeper level than just surface one thing you wish you could say to your father that you haven't ooh um that i haven't one thing that you said to your father that was um meaningful for you or to him um i mean i feel like there was a point of in time where he was seeking forgiveness from me and 
and and it was just instantaneously no question mm-hmm. no no you know holding that over his head or anything you know it's just like and it was such a natural response too and it mm-hmm. wasn't like a, a mustard up. Oh yeah, I forgive you. It's all good. Yeah. But it's like, oh, I, you know, you're my father. Like, zero question. I forgive you. I love you. Mm. You're amazing. Mm. This actually bleeds right into a audience rapid fire question. Are you ready? Mm. Ready. From Yvonne Ark. What hurtful childhood experiences can be avoided by future parents to help raise more happy boys and men? Ooh. I think it's letting, regardless of what society has set as a standard, regardless of, you know, what, you know, for me, image was a lot of my upbringing and it's, it's not to my parents' fault. It's not to, you know, it's just how they were raised and how their parents were raised is, you know, you got to have it all together. You got to have all your ducks in a row and clean cut, nice clothes, whatever. And uh, for me, I was like, I was like a punk metal kid and I was wearing like tight pants, black band shirts and just like, you know, it was, little, it was like, it was definitely my rebellious teenage phase, mm. but, um, but that was like a big dividing factor. And I, I was, I hope that I would be the parent that lets my kid explore that and lets him, you know, be in a metal band mm. and just scream his heart out and play his heart out and, you know, and <laughs> do that i hope that i would let my kids i will i'm holding myself accountable i will let my kids explore you know different avenues of profession or you know whatever Mm. i i hope that i would be that parent i love that Mm. um all right uh final final few questions here um you have a time travel device you can go back in time to seven eight nine year old russell what do you say to him? What do you want to tell him? Mm. Start writing songs a lot earlier <laughs> would be the first thing. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I mean, really, with with the journey that I've been on the last decade, I would. I, don't, I feel like it's it'd be more broad than that. It's not even career based. Um, I wasn't even thinking about career because so often I think we're just so focused on career. Mm-hmm. as men especially but i'm talking about what do you wish you could tell seven eight nine year old russell to alleviate some of the pain maybe that you experienced as a child or as a as a middle schooler or high schooler or just a life advice that you'd want to give him i would tell him you know you are gonna be this fun outgoing and, and guy and i think you know being in the spotlight and careers you as you know can can dim that that light that just pure light that comes from your teenage years and and you know into your early 20s and now you know here I am 34 and I feel like I've I've sometimes have lost that that original sparkle that pure mm. just mm. I don't don't care what anybody thinks crazy over the top and I would just tell them you know that's mm. going to that's going to be a part of your life and just preserve that as much as possible. Because I feel like I'm in a kind of a reconnaissance mission, you know, right mm-hmm. now to to rediscover that. Mm-hmm. And now you have a time travel device and you can f- go forward into your future. You're an observer at your own funeral. Mm. 
what do you hope is said about you and the way you move through the world as a man or as a father? Man, I, I, I just hope they would be like, RD did everything 250%. You know, he loved everybody over the top. He lived life over the top. He, you know, just loved his family, his kids, his wife, everybody around him loved him over the top. That's what I would hope, just mm -hmm. over and beyond in all those aspects of life. Liz, you want to ask the final question? Based on Justin's book um, and what you have learned so far in our conversation, um, what does it mean to be man enough for you? Oof, so good. I love that we're having this conversation and it's just like, a deer head, a just, <laughs> just deer, like, yeah, yeah. Just, 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 gotta just get the, driving that country get the deer music, head in the frame. masculine. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. You already said it's not your house, though. I noticed it, it is my deer, though. Oh, it is. It's oh, not yeah. your house, yeah. but it's your it deer. Is. Yeah. Um. What is what is being man enough? What does it mean to you to be man enough? I mean, I think it looks different for everybody, but. Mm. I think it is right where you are. Everybody has the ability to be man enough. And it's not, it's not something that I feel like it's not something that's accomplished. It's just something that you are. Mm. Every, and I think every man is. Well, yeah. let me just tell you, in case you didn't already know, Russell, that you mm -hmm. are enough. Thank you. And uh, you, we're so man. happy you came on the show. I love yes. your music. I think you're Thank so you. damn talented. And yeah. I can't wait for some of these new songs that you might end up writing about. Mm -hmm. Grief mm -hmm. and sadness and great. therapy <laughs> and <laughs> equality. We're waiting for it. We're ready. Because yeah. yes. you're so talented, man. You've got yeah. such a, you have such a gift. And it's so clear God's working through you. So keep going, Indeed. brother. And we so appreciate you taking Thank the time you, to, to be with us today. Yeah, man. Yeah, this, was a, this was a special one, man. Because usually it's, you know, it's about the the accomplishments and the accolades and the mm -hmm. plaques and you know whatever. But this is this is what it's all about. This mm -hmm. is the real. This is the real yeah. deal. That's what we and want from you, man. We yeah. want the real. My stuff. wife will about. be so proud of me. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to. We should have you back with your wife on the show. We gotta I, have. We gotta have you and Kaylee. We gotta. She let's do it. Awesome. Let's yeah. do it. I mean, she is. She is a huge fan. So, <laughs> well, I can't wait to meet her. Russell, thank you so much for being here. And uh, all right, we'll, 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 have to, we'll do this again with Kaylee. It'll be a great conversation. Yes, let's and, do uh, it. And for all of you who are listening, we will be right back with Jamie, Liz, and I. This is Man Enough. Hello, and welcome back to the Man Enough podcast. I'm Justin Baldoni. I'm Liz Plank. And I am Jamie Heath. And uh, we just Jimmy. had an awesome conversation. What were we going to say? I said Jimmy, but it's Jamie. Go ahead. You said Jimmy. Jimmy. You said you forget Jimmy? your name. Hey, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Who did we have a conversation with, Jay? Uh, Russell Dickerson, mm -hmm. really sweet guy. What a sweet man, he is indeed. I, I uh, am curious. Um, we ended our conversation with him. We took a few minutes, as we do, and then we recap. Um, mm -hmm. Liz, before you got back on, we said, "Hey, what'd you think?" And you was like, um, "I have so many thoughts." Uh -huh. I wish we had talked more about. Like, I, I don't know that much about country music, and I wish we had talked more about it. Really? Like, more, because again, to me, music is so much more than just music. Art is so much more yeah. than just art. Mm. And I would have loved to go deeper 
on how we can how music can be a vehicle you know for all of these conversations and i love that you were like can't wait for the song about therapy and i for one uh will be so overjoyed when i uh turn on the country uh station and it's about a guy singing about going to therapy uh i because i think it would be incredibly that's how we change the world but you mean you mean specific country music as it relates to the subject right not just country music because oh yeah or or his career yeah no no as I think it relates to masculinity. And again, hip hop, like we could have this conversation about any genre, about any, you know, art form really. But I, yeah, I love, to me, country music has so much potential for masculinity and for conversations around masculinity. And I would love, I kind of want to know how how that can happen. And I think Russell is a perfect example of, of, I think, a vehicle for that. Yeah, I could see him leaving this conversation. Because by the end of it, Cause he started, he came in like a puppy dog. Yeah. He came in like that golden retriever. Like he talks about like the seven anagram, like he came in as life of the party and he ended, I thought, I don't know if you felt energy wise in the very deep and insightful, thoughtful place. Like I know he's going to go call his wife right now and be like, (laughs) baby, you won't even believe what I just did with what he, what he called me? The hot guy from the, the, um, you won't even, you won't even believe this conversation. I thought he was therapist. He said it was talking about you? Yeah, that's what I thought when he said the hot guy. God, oh, it was me. The two um, hot therapists, male therapists yeah. who just had a podcast with. But but I but I saw him in that place, and I think that that place is when we are the most open. Yeah. That's when creativity comes through us, that's and right. that's when art thrives. Mm-hmm. And um, who knows? This is why I love doing this with mm-hmm. you both, is that we get to talk to these incredible people, mm-hmm. maybe challenge them on a couple things. Mm-hmm open them up, have really interesting dialogue that isn't just a superficial, let's talk about your career stuff. And maybe they leave this conversation and they write a song about it or they write a script about it mm-hmm. or they have a conversation with someone in their life about it or they open up to a man or they, you know, and that's what this is all about yeah. for me. And well, so I, I just appreciate you both so much. I appreciate you. That's why I was interested. Um, we got to it a little bit, but I, I don't want us to be lip service. Um, it's easy for me to uh, put my wife in a place and honor her verbally. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I have to like look and say, do I actually honor her mm-hmm. in reality? Um, and just men in general, yeah. you know, do we walk the walk? Because um, in our hearts, I think we all really have good hearts. The men that we're speaking to, um, ourselves and whoever's listening, um, I don't in any way think that men are not wonderful. You know, you say that all the time. They're amazing, amazing men. But amazing men still need to, to be mindful of how we walk, yeah, um, and to be deliberate in change, actions, and yeah. action. And I gotta say though, and it's, it sucks to say this, but there's also there's a tremendous amount of men who don't do what he just did, yeah, who don't put their wives up on a platform, who don't actually. Uh, I take that back because mm-hmm. we've talked about not having platforms, not platforms. but who we've don't, who don't credit. B- build yeah. them, their wives up and give them the credit for all the things that they do. Mm-hmm. And I know this because over the last seven years, I've seen thousands and thousands and thousands, way too many messages from women, about how low the bar is and how they just wish that their man or a man would recognize their, their, um, mm. their contribution. Mm-hmm. So I just even think that yes, we do, of course. We, hell yeah, we got to walk the walk. But I still think there's a lot of men that need to hear this country music. Yeah, star agreed. Say yeah. what he said about yeah. his wife, um, and it just that made my heart happy to hear that. It does indeed. So we all got a long way to go. Long way. Uh, if you're liking the conversation and you want to 
hang out with us more and hear all the other episodes. If you've just stumbled upon this episode for the first time, check us out at manenough.com or you can like and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, sit at the table with us and stay at the table and have these uncomfortable conversations and know that we are growing and learning in real time. We have not arrived. We're just beginning. Thank you for listening. And uh, I'm Justin Baldoni. I'm Liz Plank. I say that I think we say our name like five times throughout this. We podcast. say our name is five times, but you called yourself what do you Jesse? Jimmy? Jimmy. <laughs> so all right, <laughs> guess we got to do it. We got to so, just practice. Uh, for, wait, for those <laughs> of you, right. for those of you who are listening, mm. we say our name so Jamie won't forget his. <laughs> uh, and what's your name? I am Jamie, <laughs> and this is Man Enough. Thank you for listening to the Man Enough podcast, produced by Wayfair Studios and presented by Procter & Gamble in partnership with Cadence 13 and Odyssey Company. Hosted by Justin Baldoni, Liz Plank, and me, Jamie Heath. If you like what you heard, please follow us and tune in weekly as we undefine masculinity and learn in real time. Justin Baldoni, Jamie Heath, and Tara Malhotra Feinberg from Wayfair Studios, Mark Pritchard and Kerry Rathode from Procter & Gamble, and Chris Corcoran from Cadence 13 are our executive producers. Kahea Kiwaha is our producer, Brandy Cole is head of marketing, Susie Landers O'Connell is our assistant editor, and Josh Schneider is our lead editor. Thanks for listening.